Hello, this is On The Left Side, the alternative football podcast. What a week. On Wednesday, we passed the 100 days to go mark until Euro 2016, which means only 100 days until England fans are massively disappointed. That's, of course, a joke. England don't play until the Saturday, so it's actually 101 days. On this week's podcast, we find out what happens when football protests go wrong. At last, we find a truly honest player. And we find out why Louis van Gaal really did fall over. But first, a Liverpool striker is getting a bit saucy. Daniel Sturridge is fast becoming the Duncan Ballantyne of the Premier League. And that's not just because every time Jurgen Klopp asks him if he's fit to play, he answers with... I'm out. But no, this isn't all about Danny the champion of the ward. It turns out the Liverpool and England forward is a bit of a dark horse in the world of business. Earlier this season, he made a rare appearance in the Liverpool playing squad and used the opportunity to show off his brand new line of headwear baseball caps featuring his famous celebration dance which was somewhere between the dance Carlton does on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Peter Crouch's robot how times have changed in Liverpool in 1997 Robbie Fowler was using branded clothing to support the Liverpool Dockers fast forward 20 years and their strikers are flogging dodgy own brand goods like Anfield is some kind of Sunday market hey, hey, hey. Genuine storage hats here. They're lovely, they are, they're lovely. Still, I guess you couldn't have really put Robbie Fowler's most famous celebration on a t-shirt. But what is the next big thing for Daniel? The Star Striker's next plan to top up his meagre wages are to launch his very own brand of cooking sauces with his dear old mum. So today we're preparing a high protein meal which consists of four of the five a day vegetables. He's clearly a natural in front of camera, but what about the sauce? We're going to splash on my homemade stir crazy sauce and I hope you'll enjoy it. Yep, stir crazy sauce, as in Daniel stir itch. It will be available in supermarkets soon and the family are promising it's a healthy taste of the Caribbean with a real kick. Well, you want to be careful, Daniel. If it has got a real kick, it could probably put you out of action for at least four weeks. So, what about Liverpool's manager? How would you describe this tasty sauce then, Cloppy? The best word I can say but uh, will describe this was boom. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, spicy. I've said before that it's almost if no one wants to win the Premier League this season, but now I admit it, I had it all wrong. It's just that everyone wants Leicester City to win the league this season. It's looking more and more like the Foxes will still be swinging at the very end of this fight, and it's hard to find anyone who doesn't want them to lift the trophy. Even after West Brom became the most hated club in Britain by daring to take a point off the Blues, Tony Poulis confessed that he had a soft spot for the Foxes. I think Leicester City, they play really exciting football. Now the game's over, I just hope Leicester City win the league. I think either every Premier League manager ran out of funds for their fantasy football team and just plugged the gaps with bargain basement Leicester City players, or there's a genuine fairy tale going on in football right now. 
A fairy tale that, given that result, looked like it was coming to a bit of an end. Until, that is, Arsenal, Tottenham and every other team around them did what Arsenal and Tottenham do best and snatched failure from the jaws of victory. Part of that came as lacklustre Arsenal failed to impress against Manchester United. A fact that Arsene Wenger put down to simply not spending enough money. Let's not go overboard. They had uh, still a few millions on the pitch today. They spent a lot of money. The whole midfield was experienced players. Hang on. Is that arson I signed one player in the summer transfer window Wenger, suggesting that paying money for players is a way to gain success in football? Understandably, saying that kind of thing when you just point blank refuse to sign players has rattled a few fans and boy, do I love an angry fan. And at the end of the day, if we pay good money, I've heard Arsene Wenger, I'm not prepared to overspend. I over spend every f***ing game. All we're asking at the end of the day is spend some money. And no, this guy on Arsenal Fan TV isn't communicating in Morse code. He's just a little bit angry, and it gets better. I love this bit. What he's done is spent 15 million in two transfer windows, and everybody accepts it. Not you, Claude, I know you don't. I love the lone voice objecting in the crowd. I don't. Oh no, not you, Claude, not you. But let's just calm down a bit and remember what the absolute highlight of that game was. It wasn't the goals. It wasn't that furious Arsenal fan. It was LVG falling over on the touchline. I say falling over, I mean flinging himself to the ground with a kind of simulation of which Ashley Young would be proud. No one knows why he did it. Was he suggesting a player had been fouled? Was he pointing out a dive? Was he just so shocked with the fact that United had scored three goals that he could no longer stand? Either way, it was fantastic. And it was the only thing everyone was talking about for the rest of the week, including his fellow Dutchman Gus Hiddink, who gave this appraisal of LVG's plunge. You could see that he has been educated also in practicing judo as well, he, and he fell down perfectly, that he very fluently went down. You know what? Suddenly, seeing Louis as some kind of dojo king puts him in a whole new light. Suddenly, those linguistically challenging post-match interviews like this. Now we have to play against Chelsea. That is another cook. It's another biscuit. Have a whole new meaning when you see him as some kind of Mr. Miyagi character. Sticks and bolts can break my... Eh? Names never hurt me. We have uh, twitched our ass on the bench because we were out of balance. And then we have discussed a lot of aspects. I have seen a lady who plays the saxophone. No, my mistake. He's still talking shit. You know, the funny thing about the big football story this week is that I thought it would be someone from Aston Villa that would be the first player getting sent down this season. That aside, it's hard to imagine how the season could get any worse for the villains. The fans will no doubt be gutted to know that last week's defeat means the Champions League places are now a mathematic impossibility for the club and it's time to forget about this season and think about maybe a top six finish next year in the Championship. But it seems that nothing can go right for the club at the moment, with last week even a staged protest not going quite to plan. Fans were all set to walk out of the game against Everton on the 74th minute to show their disapproval of how the club was run. But 
after going 3-0 down after just an hour, many fans couldn't sit out for the whole 74 and left early, meaning the walkout looked more like a nightclub slowly emptying when the lights came on rather than a big socialist display of disgruntlement. Yeah! I've got to admit, I've never really understood this type of protest. It just feels a little bit counterproductive walking out of a game that you have paid a load of money to see before the end of the match. How do fans actually decide they're going to stage this kind of protest in the first place? Alright lads, how are we going to show these numpties that run our club we just won't stand for it anymore? Why don't we leave the game on the 74th minute? That'll show them. Nice one, Claude. We'd pay the usual outrageous amount of money to the club for the whole match, but then leave with 15 minutes to go. Oh, they'll hate that. Um, can we just not buy a ticket in the first place? You know, not waste a load of our own money and time. You know, just not go to the match? Protest that way? Whoa, not buy tickets to the match? Calm down there, mate. We're not ISIS. But even those fans who lasted the whole 60 minutes did better than the 11 players on the pitch who didn't turn up at all. With all this turmoil, it's no surprise that their manager, Remegard, is finding press conferences a bit of a struggle at the moment. I confirm it's difficult to find the right words. Too right. I'm not surprised, but let me help you out. Finding the right words can be difficult, so take a leaf out of the vice-captain of Spanish team Getafe's book. With his team just above the relegation zone, having shipped 14 goals in four games and sitting on a seven-game losing streak, he gave a very honest appraisal of his team's form. Even if you don't speak Spanish, you can get the sentiment, and if you do speak Spanish, you would have heard him say, as a team, we are shit. And you've got to admire that kind of honesty. So come on, Jolene Lescott, if you lose again, let's see you tweet that from your pocket this week. And that's about it for another episode of the Alternative Football Podcast. If you like what you hear, get on iTunes and leave us a lovely review. If you're not so keen, get on iTunes and lie. Don't forget there is a fresh episode up online every single Monday morning, so do not forget to subscribe. Right, I'm off to split away from on the left side and form my very own European super podcast, because that's full time. Adios. Well, at the end of the show, all we want to find out is who's f***ing done it. I've heard Ant McGinley, I'm not going to take credit for all the production. He's all over the f***ing production every f***ing show. And Jim Salverson calls himself a writer. You're having a f***ing laugh, mate. All we're asking at the end of the day is for you to write a f***ing review. We got 15 reviews right in the last two weeks and everyone just accepts it. I don't. Oh, no. Not you, Claude. I know you don't. What kind of mug do you take me for? F***.